Hi, this is Stuart Hardy with All In Sports Outreach, and I'm so excited for you to hear episode number 96 of our podcast. Today you're going to hear from Coach Thad Fortune. Coach Fortune is currently the offensive coordinator at Odessa Permian High School in Odessa, Texas, home of Friday Night Lights. He is married. They have two sons. But more than that, just an incredible man of God, incredible man of high character, passionate about making Jesus known through coaching. So without further delay, let's jump right into it. Well, thanks for joining me today, Coach Fortune. Thanks for having me. Honored, honored that you asked. You bet. So I always like to start these off with just some background information, just so listeners kind of get an idea of who you are. So if you don't mind, just tell us a little bit about yourself, and where you grew up, a little bit about your family growing up, and then your family today. Okay, well, I grew, I was actually born up in Amarillo, um, but quickly we moved to the Abilene area. Um, and I'm, I'm from Anson, Texas, which is about 20, 25 miles north of Abilene. Um, my folks still live there. Uh, so Anson, they, uh, now it's a 3A, but old 3A or old 2A, how Texas guys kind of talk. It's a, when I went to school, it was a 2A. Um, but man, just had a phenomenal experience there and, and just a really um, kind of, I don't know, I, I just look at how the state of a lot of things now, athletic wise, and I didn't have to worry about that. I got to play everything. Uh, we had some decent success for for that, you know, for us and was around great coaches. And it was just, uh, I, don't, I don't know if every, every guy is that lucky um, because I really and I had a great, just a great um, upbringing, great family. Um, was very fortunate just to, to call home where I called home. So, um, but it was, yeah. So Anson, and then I went out to school and played football at um, East Texas Baptist and Marshall, which is about five and a half hours from Anson. Um, so just, which is good see another part of the state and, and really a whole other culture and, and um, kind of opened my eyes outside of my little big country roots mm-hmm. um, was a really good experience. And, and through several series of events and, and uh, you know, not coincidences, but just not looking back now, how God was moving things as met my wife while I was towards the end of my time as a, as a player and student at ETBU. And, and now we're, just celebrated 10 anniversary, 10 years this summer um, and have two boys. Jack is five and our youngest Judson is four. Um, and so we're, we're, we're happy. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm beyond, uh, I, I heard the other day where uh, it says, if you're blessed, it means you're deeply happy. And so I'm, I'm, mm. fortunate. I'm deeply happy um, getting to carve out life with my bride and my two little crazy boys out in West Texas. That's awesome. I just wrote that down. I like that, that if you're blessed, you're deeply happy. I like that. I haven't heard it um, said like that. That's good. So did you grow up um, in a family of faith? And then second to that, at what point did you um, decide that you needed that personal relationship with Jesus? No, very fortunate. Both both of my uh, parents are believers. um, And so that was the culture that I was raised in. you know, my, my, my grandparents, my mom's parents are still alive, still going to First Baptist Abilene um, every Sunday. And, and, and so, um, you know, my dad uh, wasn't raised in the church, um, but, but came to faith. And then so then um, I was just, you know, just lucky um, just for that to be my normal. Um, and, and I'm great. I'm really grateful for that. I don't I don't look back at that with like I was sheltered or look at it like I was 
you know, missed out on stuff. I, I look at it more that I was um, offered up protection maybe that not everybody has. Um, and so, but anyway, as, as a young, young child I, at nine, um, I remember, um, and just deciding that's what I needed to do, um, as in all my nine-year-old wisdom, which I know was limited and, and, and hopefully has increased since then. Um, but I just kind of remember asking my dad about it out, out on our, out on our, we lived up on a dirt road, County Road 383. Um, and just kind of asking my dad and, and we talked about it, then went and talked to our, um, our pastor, um, Lee Welch. And, and so anyway, I just, you know, and I, I always want, I, I don't know, in my head, November 13th, 1994 is when I got baptized. And I, I don't want to fact check that because I may be wrong and then I'd be disappointed. But I, for some reason, that, that date has always stuck out of my head. Um, but anyway, so I came to faith as a, as a nine-year-old boy. And, and, and um, as only a nine-year-old boy could, probably a lot of it was scared about mm-hmm. going to heaven. And the rest of it was, it, it was seemed very normal to me. Um, it's something that I should do. Um, and so, and I, you know, I used to kind of struggle with that whole story and then what to do with all that um, as I got through and got older and got in college. And, um, but, but I, you know, really I, I wrestled with it and, and um, I'm grateful. I'm really grateful because um, I, you know, I, the alternative is that, you know, I don't know, especially now being a parent, I pray that I pray that over my kids that, that God, would, right. um, you know, and that he would, that he would just rescue them early that they don't have to taste the world. They don't, um, you know, that they don't have. So anyway, very fortunate. Um, and, and got over all my insecurities with that story. Uh, as I got out of college, cause I did, you know, you kind of wonder what, what is that story? What can you do with that story? And, and um, quickly um, I have found over and over again in my life, um, you know, that I was, I was just in need of a savior as anybody else as a nine year old boy. Um, was lost and bound for hell. Um, so there's, like I said, I, I've really, uh, I've been feel fortunate that um, God spared me a lot of maybe earthly heartache and earthly consequence of dumb decisions. So I'm glad you shared that part because I think there's a lot of people that, you know, when you are very fortunate and blessed to grow up, in the church and you make that decision at an early age. And then as you go through high school, college, you hear these testimonies there, you know, there's a lot of wild and crazy sides to it. And then it causes you, I mean, I I went through this, it caused me to go, well, nobody would ever want to hear my story because it's boring. You know, I grew up in the church. I didn't go, you know, went into the drugs and all this stuff. And so my story is, is, is insignificant, but what I've learned over the last um, number of years. And even connecting with guys like you on this podcast, I've learned that, you know what, everybody has a story and we can argue all the time, you know, about who's right and who's wrong, but nobody can ever argue your story or my story. And so it doesn't matter, you know, what we think of our story. We have a story and it needs to be told. So I'm glad you, you shared that piece of it because um, I too struggled with that for years. Yeah, definitely. And that was, I got hooked up with a with a ministry in college called Campus Outreach, um, which is uh, doesn't really have a foothold in Texas, I don't think. But through a series of events um, with some of the guys that coached me at ETBU, man, got got plugged into this incredible ministry that out of that with a lot of people from Charleston, South Carolina, and then I got hmm. to um, spend two. They do a deal called Summer Project, um, and I think they still do it. But anyway, I worked at Disney World for two summers uh, before my junior season and senior season. Um, 
And, and anyway, that was, but the majority of the testimonies in, in campus outreach, what were that? Were just phenomenal. Just, um, you know, people that were running hard after the world and God got a hold of them. Um, and so that's where I really kind of, I would have, you know, I started doubting and, and wondering what was going on. And, and I just, you know, God was gracious to me to, to just kind of, you know, that was really just a, a sense that was really just me being prideful. Um, that's right. And kind of like, listen, bro, like you were, um, maybe that's not your story, but you were um, as guilty as anyone. Um, and, and, and so I don't know, I decided this, that was just kind of an interesting, because you know how it is when you grow up in a church, you wonder if you should walk down every Sunday just to make sure. Um, yeah. <laughs> you just want to just, well, I did this once, but I better double check and, and clean yeah. it. Out. And, um, and so anyway, I, I when just kind of, that was good for me to work through to see um, that man, like just no matter, you know, I don't know. I just think about my boys, like they, like I didn't, I mean, they need to be safe, right? I mean, they're not, they didn't come out of that thing spotless. I can tell that already. <laughs> so yeah. I pray, that, um, I pray that God will rescue them early, that they don't have to, I mean, I, I pray they don't have to have a crazy testimony or what we would call a crazy testimony. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And I worry about that. I mean, I have three kids and all three, um, trusted Christ at an early age. And so, you know, that is our prayer is that, you know, that they understand that and they're secure in that, you know, right. and they don't take it for granted and, and think that, you know, they, they need this wild story because, no you, know, you know, so. So you mentioned, um, talk some sports here for, for a little bit and we'll get back to faith. You mentioned um, playing college football at East Texas Baptist, which we've been very blessed for the last few months to actually talk to several folks with uh, ETBU connection. So how did you, someone from Abilene or the Abilene area, how did you end up in Marshall, Texas, to playing college football? Uh, well, just mainly, um, they were the only ones that have me. Um, <laughs> That's the ultimate truth of it um, is, is I live, you know, this is, it's funny how, how, you know, how much things are different um, just be- before huddle and before I, I made my little highlight tape, I borrowed the, the double VCR from the, from the coach's office and took it home. Um, and I'll never forget sitting in the kitchen at my house, making this highlight tape. And um, I sent it to everybody. I, I was real familiar with Hard Simmons just being in the area and went to a couple of football camps there. And that's where I wanted to go. Um, and so I, but I sent it to everybody in the American Southwest Conference and I got calls from McMurray uh, and Ralph Harris at ETBU. Um, and so those were really, I, I didn't, I don't have a, it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't hard for me because I wasn't overly recruited. I was um, very happy just for somebody to notice. And um, I'm, I'm good friends now with, Alan Wardis, who was the Harden Simmons offense coordinator at the time. And, and, and we still joke about how uh, he said, yeah, you know, he, he said, I didn't recruit you because you weren't any good. Um, <laughs> and he wasn't wrong and he wasn't wrong. And I had, I had enough self-awareness, I guess, to be like, well, I can tell they don't want me. Um, but anyway, it's one of those deals where you look back now um, and, and just see how much it's crazy. Um, how many decisions in my life hinged on me going there um, and, and then you, you know, that's when you start to realize, well, you weren't, you know, I wasn't in control of it anyway. Um, but so anyway, I literally just 
back in the day when you sent out VHS tapes and padded manila envelopes and me and my dad typed up this, I'm sure some sob story letter, um, you know, trying to get coaches to call me and, and one called and, and I was probably as easiest recruit ever because I was, I was ready to go. That's awesome. And then, and then you, you ended up coaching there too. So what point did you decide that you wanted to, to pursue the career in coaching and then, you know, talk about staying going transitioning from player to coach at your alma mater? Well, you know, originally as a young lad, I was going to be the first ever three sport professional athlete. Um, and that was, and I, I probably realized that wasn't happening about my sophomore year of high school. I got it. Thankfully, God kind of hit me with some reality, um, looking at my current athletic ability and realizing I wasn't going to be the first ever three sport professional, <laughs> uh, which was a tough pill to swallow at the time, but I got over it. Um, and so I just kind of, just my senior year of high school, I just kind of decided I either wanted to be a groundskeeper for the Rangers, I wanted to mow the ballpark and mow the yard at the ballpark, um, or be a coach. And once I learned that being a groundskeeper was more than just mowing the yard and a lot of chemistry and a lot of other stuff I had no interest in. I thought, well, um, I, I still want to be, you know, I still competitive and, and wanted to be involved. And so I, um, you know, once again, I, I was, I went, I went to play football with the mindset that I was going to coach. Um, and so that was always beneficial to me, I think, just because I, I mean, I, I was at ETBU for four years and started 11 games and 40. I mean, so I, so I did a lot more watching um, than I did playing. Um, but, but for me, it was just kind of like, man, I'm getting this all in internship every day uh, for what I want to do when I get out. So it was more than worth it, you know, for me to, to stick around. And um, so anyway, it was, like I said, a great experience. Um, my first job was actually at Stephenville. Um, mm-hmm. right when out I went to Stephenville for two years I was a junior house a seventh grade C team coach and the freshman boys basketball coach and um got you know got to work for some great you know of course Stephenville you know that that place uh precedes itself um in Texas high school football and they take it really serious and I was you know being a junior high coach and a sub varsity basketball coach I was kind of on the outside looking in on all that stuff um, but I was watching um, and just really seeing how really good Texas high school football programs do it. And that was a neat experience for me for two years. And, um, but anyway, after that, uh, the guy that Mark Sartain, who came in my senior year, the spring before my senior year, um, he was still at ETB and he called me um, and, you know, had an open, an open position. Um, and so I was, I left, I left like in July before the, 2011 football season, I think, um, or 2010 football season. I'm sorry, um, but anyway, that's got back to ETBU, and, and um, it was a great, had a great four years there as a coach too. So really, really enjoyed my time. Got to do some neat stuff, and then we, you know, didn't uh, win as many games as, as we ever wanted to, but we um, we worked hard at it. I know that, and I learned a lot of football um, and a lot about you know doing right by kids there. So. Um, Really, really good experience. Really great, great time. Met a lot of great people. And now you're out at uh, Odessa Permian. Um, a lot of, a lot of history. Um, yeah. If you're even those outside of Texas have heard of uh, Odessa when it comes to high school football. So talk about 
being at a place like Odessa Permian, but also, you know, the pressure associated with coaching high school football in Texas, because it's, it's essentially you're coaching small college football, right? Right. Um, you know, coming to Permian from ETBU was, um, you know, just obviously at ETBU I was coaching great athletes and, 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 you know, we had some good football players while I was there, but, uh, it's kind of like you go from, and we were kind of talking about this earlier about um, ETBU is, is un- unfortunately, and I think this is changing, but when I was there anyway, um, it was kind of like the best kept secret of Marshall. Um, not a lot of people knew what was going on over there. And, um, you know, there, this is a, it, it, you know, and, and t- the, the high school football team kind of drives the town um, and Marshall's yeah. no exception. The Marshall Mavericks are a, are a big draw every Friday night or the Longview Lobos or there's a lot of good football in East Texas. Um, so it was definitely going, um, from being where the spotlight wasn't that bright, at least when I was out there, um, notice the Permian where, where a lot of people care about it all the time. Um, and that's something that I've really learned to be grateful for. Um, you know, and obviously there's, there's a downside to that. And, and, um, there's a lot of opinions and there's a lot of offensive coordinators in the stands every Friday. Um, but uh, that, that, that comes with the territory. I think if you want to, you know, you want to be at a place that really cares about it. Um, they're passionate about it. The fans are passionate. The community's passionate about it. Um, and there's some great people at Permian high school who've seen a lot of great football I and mean, a lot of great football programs and, and, and the, the coaches that have come through Permian high school is just, um, it's really humbling to think about. Um, and, and so, but as far as dealing with the pressure, it, for me anyway, it, it's something that I'm, Sometimes I handle well. I think sometimes I handle very poorly. Um, and, and I think it comes down to um, where I find my identity. Um, mm. and, and so that's something that for me is just a constant battle. Like I, I don't have that down, um, but I know the fight. And, and the fight is for me to find my identity in, in Christ and, um, and not whether, you know, we're, we're underachieving or overachieving or, or winning or, or not going as far in the playoffs as we want and, and all that. Um, because when I get my identity caught up in that stuff, I can, um, I certainly uh, am lesser of a coach and lesser of a husband and lesser of a man um, as opposed to when um, I'm just, you know, just finding my identity and that, that um, I'm satisfied in Christ uh, regardless of, of our circumstances. So, um, but, but I've, I've enjoyed the bright lights of, of Friday night out here. It's a lot of fun. Um, it, it's neat to be at a place where people care a whole lot. Um, that's, that's a really cool thing. I bet. Yeah. I've never experienced uh, high school football out there. I can only imagine, um, what it's like just given the, the long history. Um, no. so let me ask you in your coaching journey, whether it's Stephenville, ETBU or now Permian, um, is there an athlete or two just pure athletics that just really just stands out to you? Yeah, I was, um, man, at ETBU, I had a quarterback named Sed Harris who was from Everman. Um, and, and he had, he had no business being at ETBU, um, but somehow we got him and, and he, he was, he was phenomenal. I mean, uh, and he was a cool dude. Um, he loved the Lord. Um, but he was, uh, he was just an unbelievable athlete. I mean, incredible. Spent a little time in the, the CFL. And I think he spent a little time maybe in a Browns minicamp or something. Uh, but anyway, he was just phenomenal. At ETBU, we had, we had incredible skill kids. Um, another one that comes to mind that, that I, just, I still keep in touch with and, and would love to 
um, coach him now is a kid named Kwame Spikes from Jasper, um, who was a phenomenal slot for us at ETBU and made, made big plays. And, um, you know, it's, it's funny as I've gotten, I don't know if I'm old, but as I've done this longer, <laughs> I, I really, I don't know if I appreciated those guys like I should have. Um, cause they were, they made some things easy coach wise, but even, you know, out at Permian, I've been really fortunate and we've had some good players the last five years. Um, you know, I've had my, my quarterback last year is at Baylor. His name's Peyton Powell. He was a really, really good athlete. Um, quarterback from two years ago signed with Navy. Um, his name is Steve Steen. And so I, well, I can go on. I've had some, some great football players that I've had the opportunity to coach. Um, you know, the, the past, I'm, this will be my 11th season of coaching, uh, coming into this fall. So I've been, been fortunate to see some good ones. Um, and, and, and hope to see some more. Yeah, yeah, I bet, yeah. So what about, um, similar question, but more on the spiritual side, is there one or a story that you have of an athlete that um, you saw God really use you in their life? You know, I, I, I would hope that um, if you were to ask some of my former athletes that maybe my name would come up. Uh, and I don't know, because I've, you know, you think about um, – you know, you, you let some kids down and, and there's, there's no doubt that I'm, I'm not number one in everyone's book and I'm fully aware of that. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I've had some just neat opportunities to see God work. I, there's a kid at ETBU um, named Skylar Womack um, who is just crazy. And I wasn't personally involved when I coached, you know, I, he was, he played DB, so I didn't coach him, but you know, he would come to our Wednesday night Bible study sometimes. And, and I just always kind of perceived him as a good kid. Um, and, um, but just kind of not that interested or maybe a little bit interested or, or whatever, but, um, you know, then he comes back from being gone one summer and, and was just completely on fire. And he's still, I mean, he's a, he's a missions director at first Baptist Houston now. Um, oh, wow. but I didn't that like just fortunate and, and to see that. I mean, I, cause I remember what he was like, um, before and, and um and I don't think he was a bad kid but I just you know there's a notable difference um and, and something happened and just to see that something you know when God invades your space and, and and you can't do anything about it um that was you know neat to see and and and, and so I, I try my best uh to be intentional with all the guys that I coach um and like I said I I know I I lose perspective and and, and I can get things mixed up that's that's for sure um, but I'm fortunate to still have a lot of great relationships with guys and, and hopefully speak truth to them and, um, just keep pushing them towards the cross, whether they're playing for me currently or, and whether they're, um, you know, playing college football right now, or, um, whether they're married with a couple kids. So, um, you know, that's, like I said, I, I wonder about that question from the other end. Um, mm. and if, and if, if my name would come up and, and, um, I, I sure hope it does. Um, and if not, I need to, I need to get, get to work. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure it does. I'm sure it does. And I'm sure this was this one of those things that, you know, 20 years from now, um, you're going to, you're going to hear some even more stories of um, guys that look back on high school and college. Right. I hope, I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. So, you know, we talked about how big um, high school football is. And so there's a big demand on time. 
for a coach, especially um, at a place like where you are, but you're also a husband and a dad. So how do you balance the demands of being in a place like Odessa Permian and the pressures of coaching high school football with being the husband and dad that God's called you to be? Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, the truth is sometimes I don't, um, mm. and that, that's, that's tough to say out loud. Um, and, and, and sometimes I do, I do it poorly a lot. Um, you know, a lot of the fall is just, it's tough on my wife. Um, and the boys are five and four. So I don't, you know, and, and it's tough when they kind of say stuff about, do you have to go to work today or, mm. and, and, but on the, on the other hand, I've, I've chosen this. So I can't uh, sulk in that or anything. Um, but, but what I, what I really, my goal and my aim, and it kind of would go back to this. I talked about this earlier was, um, I know that I'm a better father um, and a better, better husband when my identity is right. And mm. I think a lot of times for me, um, my knee jerk reaction is to get home and be, and not talk about work and not talk about what's bothering me. Um, but then I think that's uh, I don't think that's correct either. Um, I think my wife, you know, she she she's involved in this thing, and it, it's um, she, you know, for better or for worse, she's she's all in with me, and I'm sure sometimes she's she's wondering where that doctor she's supposed to marry is, or so I don't know. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, really, she makes she makes this thing go, um, and she runs a pretty smooth operation. I'm at the house and, and, and I don't mess with her and the boys don't mess with her because um, she, she, she means business. Um, but it, I think it's just kind of one of those, you know, it's just a t- it'll always be a tough pill to swallow no matter how you slice it. Um, and, and then once again, I think that's where if my identity's off, then it, it becomes an even harder pill to swallow. If I'm, um, if I identify myself, identify myself only as a, a football coach, um, and the successes I have is that, well, then when we're not successful, um, that's pretty crappy to be away from my family as much as I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just, yeah, it, it is what it is. I guess I'm fortunate. I don't feel like we do the best we can. Um, you know, we, we, we have, I still have a lot of time or let me say, I have as much time as possible, you know, on the weekends with my crew. And, um, so, uh, to answer the question, how do I balance it? I sometimes really poorly, um, but I'm trying to get better at that just as each year, I'm just trying to be more efficient at the office. Um, you know, be more efficient with just what I'm doing offensively and, and, and how I can be better at that and not waste time and still be successful. Um, and I'm fortunate to work for a guy that, that doesn't mind Jeff Ellison, you know, it, it's no big deal if, if the boys come to practice or they come to the office. Um, and so that's that's a really neat thing too for for them to come see me and and really one of the highlights of my of my week when they make that happen. Um, so, but but no doubt it's tough, and, and I also appreciate the you know the streakiness of the busyness is that I get um, you know I get to go on a, a nice summer break and I get spring break, and so I I realized that if I was selling insurance, that wouldn't be the case either. So hmm. um, there's I try to I try to keep it all in perspective and. and um, you know, I, I love what I get to do and I enjoy coaching football, um, at Permian and, um, and I'm, I'm fortunate, you know, that, that God has allowed me to provide for my family doing what I love because I know, 
I mean, you know, there's there's dudes every day that that don't do what they love. Um, That's right. But but they still do their job, and that's still very honorable to do that um, to work. You know, to work for your family. So I'm just, you know, if I think about it too much, I have to have to remind myself of of that I'm still pretty lucky to get to do this thing. That's a good perspective. Very good perspective. Um, you and your wife are also involved in uh, coaches outreach. That's actually how I connected with you is um, through um, another young coach was a previous guest on here, Logan Simmons. I think you were his small group leader, the last marriage retreat. So yeah. Talk about the importance of you and your wife being involved in an organization like coaches outreach. And then, you know, being, a small group leader where you're pouring into other coaches and their wives. So we've been uh, involved in, in coaches outreach, you know, uh, the last four years or so. And, and obviously there's, I mean, what a phenomenal ministry um, that Tommy Maxwell started, I believe in the Metroplex and, and just to hear how that thing has grown um, over the past decades is, is really kind of all inspiring that one man, um, with a vision and a passion, you know, for coaches and their influence can do that. So um, I, I kind of always knew about coaches outreach um, just as, as at Stephenville and at ETBU, but I never got involved in, in coaches outreach, kind of one of their um, more key events is they do marriage conferences at, at, you know, at several spots all summer. And I'd always heard about these things. And um, so finally we just kind of made it a priority that we put it on our calendar every summer Um you know, to go and just a great chance to recharge and, and uh, be around other people who maybe we can have similar conversations with as far as what our lives look like for, you know, a hectic six months or so, um, or, or, or more than that, probably. Um, but it's just been a, a huge blessing to, to Christy and I that, that we've been able to meet so many good friends. And, and like I said, I'm probably the least qualified to talk about coaches outreach, I, you know, being there's people who have been involved in it for 20 plus years. Uh, but it's just a phenomenal ministry. I think um, what they did that's unique is that they, they realized how important a healthy marriage was um, to a healthy coach. Um, and I think that was maybe what was different about their ministry early on, not to say that other people don't care about that at all, but um, that would seem to be with their emphasis on, <laughs> unhealthy marriages and how, how vital that is. I mean, and that's not vital for just a coach, but obviously, I mean, that's vital for, for anyone when you, when you, when you go to the office or you go to the work um, every day um, that, you know, that you and your bride are on the same page. Um, and so it's just, it's neat to see how they put their time and resources into to help so many people. Um, and so, and, and we've been the, we've been the last four summers to, to marriage, to, to marriage retreats and um, every summer, that we make new friends and, and that just keeps growing and growing. Um, so it's, a, it's, a, it's a really, a really neat and special ministry. That's awesome. Because as you talked about, you know, balancing the demands of husband and dad, and then, you know, to know that, you know, you and your wife set aside time, you know, when time is precious to go not only be refreshed, but also lead and pour into other coaches and their marriages. I know, I know a number of friends that, um, they go and, and, and they talk about um, how refreshing it is. So that's awesome that you and your wife make that a priority. Yeah, it's good. This summer was our first time to be a, a small group leader. Um, and, and we just thought, you know, man, we've been going for three years. We better give back or 
um, at least make ourselves available. So um, don't check the box to be a small group leader unless you want to, because they'll they'll ask you to. Um, That's awesome. Is she's she's really special, um, and I think I think she's uniquely gifted in those environments to really. She's just such an encourager, and, and just how she can encourage wives. Um, yeah, I, I like to. I'm honored to get to to get a front row seat at that. That's awesome. I, you know, when people ask me about marriage, you know, I can tell them. You know, my wife can give you a lot of good advice, and then I can tell you how to really screw it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no doubt. I, I tell. I, I told my wife. I said I'm a lot better at apologizing than you are. Yeah, because I've got, some, got some practice. I need to. I could. I can clinic. I can clinic her up on how to give a good apology. Yeah, I'm just. just a, yeah, I, I'm with you on that. I got more reps than she does. Yeah, that's true. If you're talking about getting reps, I can. Uh, yeah, I probably lead the league <laughs> in that. Um, so let me uh, let me ask you. Um, this next question is kind of for some advice. Um, you know, there's some a lot of student athletes and particularly coaches that listen to this. Um, and there's no secret that, you know, athletics as a platform can be used for good or bad. So what advice would you offer that student athlete or coach that is a follower of Christ, but maybe struggling with using the platform of athletics um, for sharing Christ and being bold with their faith? Yeah. Um, you know, this first thing I think is, it may sound, I don't know. I hope it helps one guy because 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 it helped me oh about three years ago, um, and I was I, I have a you know, I was talking to a guy who who I eat lunch with often and he kind of disciples me and just a, a great friend to me since I've been out here, um, and, and I you know I was just kind of I don't know what if I was lamenting or if I was just kind of talking about what was going on. I said you know surely surely there's more to being a believer and being a coach than not cussing. Like, you know, surely there's more to it than mm-hmm. that. Um, and, and he just looked at me and he said, maybe not. And uh, that, that really hit me um, like a two by four. Um, not that I, not that cussing and cursing was part of my, uh, part of my coaching style, so to speak. Um, but, but just the fact that, um, you know, maybe it is something simple that makes you different that will, that will lodge in a kid's mind more, more so than, than what you think. Um, and, and so I, I just, you know, at that time I needed to hear that. Um, cause I thought, well, you know, surely there's more than just having good language and not, and not being that guy. And then he said, maybe not, you know, maybe, maybe that's all, maybe that's all one kid needs to wonder what's going mm. on with you and, and why, why you are the way you are. And, and, um, and I've certainly dropped that ball hear me. Uh, obviously I, I've dropped that ball. Unfortunately, um, but overall, it's just something that that sticks in my mind. Um, y- y- you know, if you, just to stand out for something little, um, or something that may, in my head, does seem kind of insignificant, um, but it may not be. Um, and so, I, I, I don't know how that lands with anybody, and that may be old news to everybody. I don't know. But but to me, about three three and a half years ago, um, that really helped me to keep my emotions in check um, and to to be okay feeling corny um and and not and not you know just kind of basically to kind of get off you know to quit to quit thinking uh you know to not be stuck on myself so much about it um but but some other things i think and like i said obviously i'm still compared to a lot of people i'm very young in this game um 
but but for me, I, I the more I just I'm a better coach, I'm a better husband, I'm a better daddy um, when my identity is correct, um, and when, when I find myself you know satisfied in God and satisfied in Christ, um, I just I'm able to, I just do everything better, um, and when I'm when I'm out there slugging it on my own, um, it, it, it seems like I can make a mess of things pretty quick, um, and so. You know, I, I just think that um, that'd be kind of some things that, that I that I think about. I think about um, getting better as I get older, um, that, that hopefully I, I sure think I'm a better coach than I was five years ago. But I hope and I hope I am. And I hope, you know, next year I'm doing better than I am now. And that right now I'm doing better than I was in 2018. Um, so, uh, you know, that and then something else that's kind of you know, for, for athletes that are listening, um, I just, I just say, you know, if you're an athlete, um, and you're passionate about your sport or sports, whatever, you know, whatever you, I, I just think you should just go for it. Um, and I don't mean that some cheese ball way. Um, I just mm-hmm. mean that, that, um, that, that you're going to be a non-athlete a lot longer than you're going to be an athlete. And, um, so like, just, just go for it. Whatever, you know, I mean, I just, just work incredibly hard. I, I, I always tell kids this is that um, when I was in college, like I said I was a very, I was probably the epitome of an average D3 quarterback. Um, my, I was literally, I was like, my record's like five and six and completed 50% of my ball. So I'm like, I'm like average of all average. Um, but, and I did everything right, generally speaking. I, I didn't miss workout. I did all those kind of good things. But, but one thing, I, I would do more if I could do it again. And that may not, and I still may be a really average quarterback. Um, but I wish I'd have just done more, hmm. um, even, even, even if the outcome wouldn't have, and it probably wouldn't have been different, um, because, <laughs> you know, you kind of, you got the DNA you got, um, right. but, but I, but I, but I know that you don't, you don't regret doing more in regards to your dedication to something, uh, or your work ethic towards something, um, you know, and so those are just kind of some things that, that have kind of been on my heart and mind lately and uh, that I'm striving for. I liked, I liked, and I wrote this down. You said stand out for something little when you talked about language and it does sound little, but I think it is uh, much bigger than we think it is because I've talked to a number of coaches through a podcast and, and many of them, maybe not on the podcast, but just in conversational say that they've been ridiculed about, Hey coach, you need to cuss a little more to get your point across, you know? So I think, you know, daring to be different. And, you know, I would even say to a listener that's not in athletics, you know, that applies to, to us as well, you know, in, in, in the office. Right. Um, language is, is important. So it doesn't matter where you are, that standing out for something little is, is, is applicable. So um, I'm glad you, you said it like that, because I think a lot of times we, we, just jump past that and focus on something a little more profound maybe, but uh, and I think that's what I was doing. And I got called to the carpet on it. Um, mainly cause I didn't want to fight that battle with my heart. Like I needed to. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, that's good. and, and he, and he didn't let me do that. Um, and so, yeah. That's good. And you know, it's, it's, it's ironic because as we record this on a Sunday evening, um, our, sermon this morning was on um, basically using your mouth for grace, you know, about our speech. 
Yeah. You know, and it's really a reflection of what's in our heart. You know, it's kind of the overflow of our heart. And so if we guard our heart, um, and, our, and like you said, if we're satisfied in Christ, our identity is right, then our speech is going to be is going to be right. Yeah, I, I think so. And I think as a coach, um, you know, I was reading something the other day about John Wooden and, and they asked him what he was going to miss the most, you know, just in general. And, and, and something that struck me that kind of convicted me is that he said, you know, I'm not going to miss the games. I'm going to miss, you know, the practice and the teaching. Um, and, and that's what I'm going to miss, you know, is just when you're really hands on. And I got to thinking, like, what am I, you know, in regards to football, am I? Um, do I really only really, really care about 10 days of the year um, that I'm guaranteed or, or do I really cherish every day, um, you know, to coach a kid um, and to really try to, to, to make that, that, that quarterback the best he can be, whether that's a, any, you know, whether that's a starter or whether that's a third string guy. Mm. Um, but that, that really, um, and I think the reason I say that is because if, if I'm cherishing moments to teach and cherishing moments to coach, um, there's a good chance I won't be wasting words on, on silly stuff. Um, you know, and, and I'm just, you know, and like I said, I, um, and the guys that coach with me know, you know, that, that I've certainly slipped up and my players know. Um, but I like to, to think that I strive to, to, to uphold that and, and, and certainly make it right when I do screw it up. Um, but, but anyway, you're right. It is important in how we speak and then not just in regards to cussing, but just in general, right. Um, you know, just, am, am I, am I encouraging, you know, I, I don't, you know, just that I would, I would tell my, my quarterbacks as leaders is that one of their job is to be a chief encourager, mm. um, you know, and that's, that's really their only job as a player is that, you know, they don't, they don't need to levy the criticism. Um, and so I, I you know, I'm, I'm convicted by that a lot. If I were to look back at my words at the end of the day, um, is there an, is there a, there, there's no doubt there's gotta be criticism. I think we all know that, um, right. but there should, there's, there's gotta be room to, you know, to encourage and, and, and you know, coworkers and, and athletes. Yeah, that's good stuff. Very good. So I know a lot of people have a favorite scripture or life verse. Um, so I was going to ask if you had one you'd share to encourage us, or maybe there's a verse that God has used just recently in your life that you'd share. Yeah, for sure. And, and, and I would also, I think this could lobby in with um, that previous question in regards just to, you know, believers who are coaches. Cause one thing I, I don't, it just happened to me this summer for some reason. Um, and I mainly probably cause I'm a slow learner. Uh, but man, I, I, I just realized that I could tell a lot of people a lot about different parts of the Bible. Um, but I probably couldn't tell many people much about a specific part of the Bible. And just that mm-hmm. uh, my, my scripture memory was lacking um, and not in a legalistic way or not in a, a way to puff up my knowledge, but just in a way that, that I can't that 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 I couldn't tell myself as much scriptures I wanted to. Mm. Um, and I, I for not just young coaches but coaches in general. I think since that's kind of been a renewed passion of mine the last couple months, I found myself. Um, that's just been good. It's just it's it's just it's it's um, you know when you when you get some some mundane time in your head, it, it's it's I have something to work on, but. Um, and so the, the scripture that I'm memorizing right now, um, I've all, like I said, I've always known a lot about it. Um, and, and I can always tell you parts of it or, or kind of tell you the gist of it. Um, but, I, but I've been working hard on being able to tell you 
where the punctuation is, so to speak. Um, but it's 2 Corinthians 5, 17 and 18. And it says, therefore, I like you put me on the spot here. It's good for me. It says, uh, um, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. All this is from God who has reconciled us to him, who has reconciled us through Christ and given us the ministry of reconciliation. Um, and, and so that's, that's second Corinthians five, 17 and 18. Um, and, and I, second Corinthians five, 21 at the end of that little, at the end of that little scripture, um, says God made him who had no sin to be sin for mm-hmm. us so that it might become, um, his righteousness. And, and, um, those have just been, I just, you know, I, I, like I said, maybe I'm, maybe I'm a slow learner. Maybe I just forget for, or I, I, I certainly feel that way. I have to preach those to myself. It feels a lot moment to moment. Um, you know, I've been, uh, I've been praying Joshua one nine over my boys, uh, which says, have I not commanded you be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged for the Lord. Your God is with you wherever you go. Um, and, and I just, you know, praying those over my boys as, as they, as they, uh, as we all know, enter a, sometimes very dark world um, mm-hmm. that they would just, you know, hopefully, hopefully they'll hide that stuff in their heart. And, um, so anyway, I, those are, I don't know. I don't have a life first, I guess, so to speak. Um, but I've been, like I said, probably middle summer, early summer, I was convicted that I, I knew way too much uh, generic Bible passages and didn't have enough hidden in my heart. That's awesome. And I love the fact, and I ask this question a lot, and I love the fact that you prefaced it with, this is the ones I'm memorizing right now, and just that encouragement to memorize scripture, because I think um, I would venture to say um, most everybody that's listening could use encouragement and um, more scripture memory, not like you said, not from that legalistic standpoint, but from the reminder in scripture that the word of I hidden in my heart that may not sin against thee. So the more scripture we have in our heart, when we're right. faced with tough decisions, it's going to come to our mind and it's, and that's what's going to help us get through that tough decision or bad situation we put ourselves in. So no, I, that's great. I wrote that down. I actually, I wrote down the scripture reference and I, I wrote down that you're memorizing it right now, just as a trigger for me to go back and, um, and try to do the same because I know I go through, ups and downs in my life. And right now is probably a down when it comes to scripture memory. So um, if nothing else, just this conversation tonight is, is, uh, is convicting to me in that, in that area. So I appreciate that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So the last question, um, it's kind of a, a fun one for, for me to ask. It's deals with being all in and, and you've, you've said those two words quite a bit and it's, I mean, it's simple in sports. We hear it all the time, but it's also, um, if you go look at what Jesus calls us to be when he you know, talks about what it means to be a follower of Christ, it, it is, it's being all in, it's being selfless. So what does that look like in a practical sense and a daily basis for you, uh, Thad, to, to be all in in your walk with Christ? Yeah, um, you know, I, I think for me, it just, a lot of it is just realizing that I'm not the king, mm. um, you know, and I, I just have to, you know, just get off my little throne, 
Um, and I have to do that a lot every day. Some, sometimes it feels like, and, and um, sometimes I, I seem to, uh, the Holy Spirit helps me keep my mind right a little better than other days. Um, but I think, you know, when I read, when we read, when you just, you know, you read the scriptures and I guess that uh, when they talk about King and they talk, you know, it, it may have resonated a little more than it, than it does with us just because that's not our, that's not our paradigm. Um, you know, to think that anybody should rule over us. Um, mm-hmm. And so just like, just um, for me, it's just understanding that, um, you know, that I have a purpose and I, that I'm here. Um, you know, I was reading uh, in Job yesterday. Here, here's me generally quoting the Bible. But anyway, I was reading in Job the other day and, and, and one of Job's friends, is the fourth friend, Elihu, I think his name, is just telling, you know, that God, puts everybody in a certain place and a certain time. Um, and, and that was just really humbling for me um, just to, to, to kind of get over myself um, that, you know, that, that I'm, that, that today matters. Um, mm-hmm. and, and whatever interactions I'm going to have today, they matter a whole lot. Um, and, you know, and in the, in the sum, you know, maybe it's not as busy in the summer or you're not seeing as many people or you're not, as hands-on with many kids or, or, or whatever, but, but re- regardless that, that today matters. Um, and, and, you know, it may just be a Sunday at the house with my family, but how I, how I treat my wife and, and how, whether I'm patient or not with my boys like that, that really matters. And so um, I think kind of that's one of my goals and, and certainly one of my aims this fall is to not, um, is like kind of like that John Wooden quote, you know, he said he was going to miss the practices as much as he missed the games. Um, and I think there's times in my career where um, that's, I don't, I don't, I don't cherish the journey like I should. Uh, and don't, don't cherish just the day to day and, you know, just the everyday Tuesdays like I should. I'm always looking forward to something else or, you know, or, or um, and so I, I just don't, I want to get better at that about, being all, you know, all in in those regards that um, God might have something really important for me today or, or, or he might not, he might, you know, I might not realize it, but maybe it's um, just live, you know, a quiet example um, for down the road, um, you know? And so I think we live in a challenging area um, where in, in cold, you know, cultural Christianity um, can be very challenging Um when there's a church on every corner and, and, and you probably won't find many people say they don't believe, um, you know, but that's also, it can also be, you know, because if that's true, then we should, if you're truly following Christ, you might stick out more than you realize. Um, so, but. No, that's good. Yeah. Stuff. I like that uh, reminder that today matters because uh, it's easy, um, at least for me to, not focus on today and I'm just constantly thinking about tomorrow, 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 and, and I miss today and then I screw up today because I'm not focused on today. Yeah, no doubt. So, no, that's, that's good stuff. That's a great reminder. I, I appreciate that one. Cause I, that's, again, I think sometimes I tell people this all the time when they ask me questions about the podcast and all that, I tell them that, you know, sometimes I feel like if I never publish one, that most of these, I feel like God has me on this journey because um, I need to hear this stuff 
And so um, I hope that the, that the listeners get it too, because I just, you know, and tonight's another one as, as we're talking that I, I feel like a lot of the stuff that you said, you know, God was, was directing it just at me. So uh, I appreciate it. Oh, well, thank you for the opportunity. It's, it's been, it's been a lot of fun. So yeah, you've heard about it. I'm glad to get to be on it. You bet. Thank you again to Coach Fortune for taking time to join us and share his story, share his passion for coaching and in ministry, making Jesus known through relationships, through teaching the game of football. Just another incredible story. Um, a lot to, to, to take in, a lot to process. The big thing that came up throughout this whole conversation was don't get caught up in an identity battle of being judged by wins and losses or what you're doing, but your identity is in Christ. Just remain focused on that. Just be satisfied with Christ, whether um, you win or lose. Obviously, as a coach, you want to win, but don't put that above identity in Christ. And I love the encouragement to be different, to stand out for something little, even language, the language that comes out of our mouths, whether you're a coach, an athlete, or no matter where you are, in the business world, at home, stand out for something little. And good language may sound little, but it's a big deal. People listen to words. Be an encourager. That's a big, big takeaway. It's easy to tear down. It's easy to be negative, but we need to be an encourager. The last thing, um, was his dedication and passion for memorizing Scripture. And he shared with with us his Scripture that he's memorizing now from 1 Corinthians 5. That's just an incredible discipline, one that I know I was challenged um, in our conversation to evaluate myself because I don't do enough of that. And just remember that today matters. Today matters, no matter where you are in your walk. God has you doing something today that matters. Rest in that. But above all, your identity is in Christ. Your identity remains in Christ, no matter what you're doing. I would encourage you to to share this episode with a family member or friend. Um, Look us up on social media, All In Sports Outreach. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We'd love to hear from you. You can also find out who we are, why we do what we do, opportunities to pray, serve, and give. Visit our website, allinsportsoutreach.org. That's www.allinsportsoutreach.org. Again, interact with us there. Find out who we are, why we do what we do. I would also ask you if you're not a subscriber of this podcast no matter what podcast platform you're using right now click the subscribe button there are 95 previous episodes that will encourage you just like coach fortune's testimony and there's a lot more coming i'm so excited about what god is doing through the podcast and continues to to grow and multiply and just more stories to tell it's just another reminder that you have a story and i have a story we need to tell those stories Again, thank you for listening. Thank you for your encouragement. Thank you for your support and prayers.